Best of Times live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas. Hello, radio listeners. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning in to our show and also thanking those who might be listening live via the Internet at www.710keel.com and also thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pub app and the Keel, K-E-E-L, application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn if the way we now deal with our financial decisions is maybe a result of our upbringing by our parents. So stay to the show for some very interesting information from an internationally known expert. Our radio show is being broadcast from the studios of News Radio 710 Keel and 101.7 FM, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has is not live and has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the October issue, The Best of Times, at one of our 270 distribution locations. We thank you uh, for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a copy, you can always visit our popular website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download the 2020 Silver Pages Senior Resource Director, our most popular publication. In addition, you can listen to previously broadcast radio shows here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by AARP Louisiana and Bears Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 101.7 FM and 710 Key. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebers, Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas, and I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a special guest, is Miss Andy Ande. Uh, Fraser, who is an author and consultant, who's going to discuss with us many aspects. But one one thing I thought was quite fascinating is she delves into maybe our parents are to blame for our financial behavior as adults. So thank you, Miss Fraser, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Oh, thank you, Gary, for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, first of all, let's give a good plug. Um, she has a remarkable book, and this is a Forbes book. She's a Forbes book author. And it's called Financially Free, 11 Conversations to Have with Yourself About Life, Money, and Worth. And, you know, I read, I read your book twice, by the way. Um, and, <laughs> and every time I read it, I find something new that I didn't know about. And um, it's very, very comprehensive. It makes you think a lot. And uh, I do agree with a lot of you. We're going to talk a little bit about that. That I, my parents, uh, I'm an only child, and I do feel that some of my current behaviors, I'm almost, I'm in 70, I'm going to say I'm almost, uh, I think was definitely influenced by both of my parents. And uh, I, now that you brought it up, I never thought about it. I mean, since I've got your book, I said, wow, 
she hit it on the, on the exactly what they used to do. I mean, years ago. It's really really fascinating. So well, you know, Gary, it's so interesting because you said that it calls your, my book caused you to think, and that was exactly my intention with writing the book is to cause people to really think and contemplate some of these issues that might be affecting them financially. So, so what kind of questions should people ask themselves if they're exploring about how their parents approach that mo- those money matters? So, what do, what do you? Well, well, first, I think we don't want to just put all the blame on mom and dad, but there's certainly a lot that we can learn from what we saw our parents do and how they behaved around money, and also how they talked about money. I think when I was growing up, and you may have experienced this as well, you know, there wasn't a lot of talk about money. As a child, um, my dad is in the financial business now, but when I was growing up, he was a Southern Baptist minister. And so, you know, I knew that money was really tight, but it wasn't something that we readily talked about as a family until I got a little bit older. And so I think that it's important to think about, you know, how your parents talked about money. Was it something where there was a, a viewpoint of abundancy or scarcity? And were their actions in alignment with what they said? So you can think back to, you know, just some of the things that you experienced as a child and more specifically how they made you feel when you would either hear them or see your parents behave a certain way. So how, so these be, how do these behaviors uh, influence now being us as adults? Well, what happens when we see our parents act a certain way? And it doesn't even have to be parents. It could be other influential adults in our lives or even our friends. Um, what happens is we start to make up a story about money, a narrative that kind of runs in the background of our mind. We may not even really be present that it's there, but it's there influencing our decisions. And so what happens is we go through childhood with the story we made up about money, only to wake up as adults one day having to make real financial decisions, and we wonder why we struggle. So we think we can get into action and start taking part in tactics, to solve our money problems and maybe they work for a time period but then we struggle and the reason why we struggle is we really haven't identified what that narrative is that's running in the background of our mind that's influencing us in ways that we may not even recognize so those behaviors uh of our parents we we probably realize those are the gospel according to mom and pop so and sometimes we didn't even question ourselves you know i'm thinking that the younger kids now and and millennials ask more questions than I think we did in our, back in the old days. I mean, I mean, hate to say the old days, the 50s and 60s and even 70s. I, I don't think we uh, – I never quizzed my parents about money. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I felt – I mean, my father owned a restaurant and did real well. I didn't, I didn't know what real well meant. I mean, uh, anything I generally asked for, I got. But I, I, I was a spoiled – and I was told I was a spoiled single child. So, you know – uh, some, so should adults now, uh, should should kids now that live or grandkids now uh, uh, ask their parents and grandparents more dealing, uh, how to deal with financial issues? Well, I think, you know, kids are certainly exposed to so many things that you and I weren't exposed to growing up. And so they, they very well may have some questions. They may not have a full understanding of consumerism and how their role is in, in that. And so I think it's good for kids to ask questions. I don't know that the question that would come out of their mouth is how much money do you make, mom and dad, but I think it's, <laughs> you know, very reasonable 
for them to ask some questions and for us to be able to be as honest as we can be with those answers, certainly depending on their age and their aptitude for being able to handle that information um, and, and to have a great discussion about the role that money plays in our lives. And so I, I would hope that our children of today would start asking more questions. They would get more knowledge and education about money and how it affects their lives and, and the way that they are going to be growing into adults. And so let's let's say a, a, a young person is raised by a, a certain family that has different f- feelings and attitudes about money and financing, and they marry another uh, person that is totally different. So they they come into this marriage with different thoughts about spin, 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 and the other one's conservative, uh, save, save, save. So th- there could be some tensions there, right? Absolutely. I, I met with a client yesterday morning and they, a couple, and they were in that exact situation where he was, you know, very frugal and really focused on saving. And she grew up in an environment where, you know, they spent money all the time and they kind of, you know, just spent what they had and didn't really think about the future. And, and therefore it was causing some interesting discussions between the two of them in terms of how they wanted to build and grow wealth for themselves as a couple. And so it's part of what I do. Um, day-to-day is when I'm working with my clients is having those discussions rather than pretending they're not there and just give them advice about where to invest their money. I think those conversations have to be had because if you don't have them, then it will just, you know, keep percolating and can eventually, you know, cause a lot of difficulties in the relationship itself and certainly with their ability to get to where they want to be financially. And and I'm sure you're dealing with people that, let's say, bring in the one person says, I pay off my credit card debt, you know, every month, um, but I own the credit card. But the other says, no, I just pay the minimum and just keep, you know, paying and using the other money to buy more stuff, right? And that can cause some yeah, major it, problems within a family, a new family especially. For sure. I mean, you know, divorce is certainly um, one of the leading causes of divorce is financial issues. And so the sooner that couples can have these conversations, the better. And I do think that a lot of the um, feelings that we have about money did come from our parents or come from how we, raised, how we were raised. It may be that we grow up and do exactly what our parents did, and it may be that we grow up and decide to do the exact opposite. I've seen both cases occur with people. So it, it varies from person to person. Well, it, it does vary, but, but I'm just telling you that what, what I have seen lately is, um, I'm not going to pick on all these young people out there, but, uh, uh, but I, but I see that they say, well, that's, that's, you know, um, what y'all did back in the 60s and 70s that you save, save, mm-hmm. save, but, you, you know, a lot of you died and didn't even make use of it. I said, well, we, you know, a lot of them took the risk. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm no, nobody had fun. Nobody had enjoyment. Well, you know, you can have, you can have that with reasonability, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I am starting to see that a lot of the um, Generation Z, which is just after the millennial generation, is starting to pay attention a little bit more to saving because they, you know, get out of college and they have so much debt that they're having to deal with and they're struggling kind of right out of the gate. And so I think they're starting to see some of their millennial counterparts and, um, you know, really struggle. And so they're starting to kind of pay a little bit more attention. So that is at least some good news. But certainly... The live for today and worry about tomorrow later, you know, YOLO is, uh, is, is running rampant amongst our young people. And I think you, you talk about it in your book that it's the haves and the haves nots too. Some, sometimes you, you, you see that and, uh, I hate to say this, but when I was growing up with my parents, they bought high quality stuff that lasted a long time, but other people would buy 
new things every year and maybe something was not as good quality it kept breaking and breaking they kept buy, buying stuff you know it's like okay so there, there was a different in philosophy right there for sure and you know nowadays things are made with the intention that you're going to need to replace it or something new and more shiny is going to come along and you're going to want to buy that and so i think that certainly um those people that are trying to sell us goods and services certainly know that we want to upgrade and continue to get the latest and greatest and so they're marketing to that and so it's certainly hard nowadays to not want to participate in that yeah i'm always amazed miss frazier when i get these updates on computer programs and apps, I said, "Is that all they do? Can't they? I like the app like it is. Why do they have to keep changing this? They every you know, like it seems like weekly, they must have people up there somewhere, lands changing stuff to make it. You know, yes, they may not charge you for it, but I mean, different products. This doesn't do this new. You know, the new thing will do it, but the old product won't do it, or it's not compatible. I hear all these words, not compatible. So, I mean, it's it's totally mind-boggling." Uh, that that uh, technology and and information their information services that, uh, that that's out there. You know, I can remember when I first got into the financial business back in the '90s, and there wasn't any financial plans that we did back then that included a, a data plan. And so that now is costing people, you know, um, anywhere from fifty dollars up to two hundred dollars a month with all their you know devices they may have. And so it certainly can put a uh, a debt in your wallet for sure to keep up with things technology-wise. Well, and, and you know, we're, we're we're talking about the behaviors uh, of our of our parents influencing us and our kids and our grandkids. Uh, they we are again role models, right? And we hope that it's that that uh, I'm I'm parlaying a little bit different. Uh, standards on my kids and my grandkids and then what my parents did I, I you know I modified a little thing and you have to modify it based upon the world correct absolutely you've got to be willing to you know look at things I tell people we don't want to do one 30-year plan we want to do 31-year plans because things <laughs> change and you have to be adaptable right well definitely a lot of my listeners wanted to uh, we're going to talk about this in the next segment I, I want you to tell our listeners how the the covid pandemic has it has caused some interesting issues in there about about their finances and and, and dealing with your, your your book doesn't touch on that. I'm sure it was written before that but uh, it brings up some very interesting thing that, that we're gonna I want to I really want to I thought was fantastic is the the chapter regarding four things that can make or break your financial foundation and we're I, I, you know that's one of the one of the one of the key chapters of your book that I thought was quite uh, enlightening and I think a lot of people uh, need to just to pick it up for that particular chapter but every many other chapters uh, Ms. Frazier are excellent and I hi- highly recommend it uh, to our listeners out there the name of the book by the way is financially free 11 conversations to have with yourself about life money and worth and it's a Forbes book um, available on Amazon and um, her name is Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. You can go to her, her website as well uh, as uh, is Ande, right? Did I pronounce it right. wrong again? Frazier, it's A-N-D-E-F-R-A-Z-I-E-R dot com. That's her website, fantastic website. Or you can pick up a copy, of course, on uh, at local area bookstores or definitely on Amazon, or you can visit the Best of Times uh, Radio Hour as well. So, so what 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 influenced you in writing this book? I mean, I, I always ask that of authors. I forgot to ask that initially. But what 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 prodded you to do this? 
Well, you know, I saw so many books out there that talked about the how-to of finances, how to do things, how to invest or what you should be thinking about. But I didn't see a whole lot out there about what to be thinking about before you take action. And so this book was really written to allow people to have these important conversations with themselves first and to be thinking about these so that when they went and started to get into action around their money, they would have already thought through some of these things, and that might influence what action they chose to take. So I'm really happy to hear that it caused you to think, because that was exactly what my intention was, is to cause people to do some introspective work first so that when they actually either sit down with an advisor or they go out and they try to do something on their own, that they've thought through some of these values and goals and behaviors and relationship that they have with money and what they need to be thinking about. Oh, that's those, that's then that's what she has in her part one. It's called the the core conversations, which we'll we'll touch on a little bit. I mean, there's there's no I could have her on the on the show for about four hours and we can cover everything. But <laughs> but uh, hold that thought. We'll be right back for more information. But now, a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebers Standing Country Coast Report. Your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 101.7 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana, Indy Bears Town and Country Rush Report, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a special guest. It's Miss Frazier, an author and consultant who is discussing the interesting uh concept that did our parents uh, influence us to cause our financial behaviors now as adults? And uh, she delves in this in her book called Financially Free, 11 Conversations You Have With Yourself About Life, Money, and Worth. So thank you for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thank you for having me. So in, in getting back, she divides her book in several parts, but I thought this this is what we were talking about before we, we went to break, is core conversations. And I love the um, some of your subtitles there, follow the money, right? Know what <laughs> money. Absolutely. Know what your money knows about your values and emotions. Everybody has to think about that, your value and emotions, right? Oh, certainly, especially as of late. I think emotions are running rampant, and I'm seeing a lot of people um, – operate out of emotions as it comes to their money and you know and what i want to bring up the fact is now has have a lot of things changed based upon covid the covid pandemic times well yeah i think we're seeing kind of some interesting things if you've maintained your job right now i'm seeing a lot of people that are saving money because they're not going out as much they're saving on transportation costs they're saving on you know, things even as clothing and eating out and, and some of those other activities. Um, so certainly we find people that are in that place. And then I also see people that are really struggling, whether they've lost their job or they've been furloughed for a period of time or their hours have been cut um, or they're having to kind of think about relocating. A lot of companies are changing that as well. And so it's a very interesting time, and everybody seems to be in a heightened state of anxiety about you know, the impact that this is going to have not only short-term but long-term on them as well. And and don't, don't you feel that their 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 goals might be, have to be a little shifted? We don't know about when this is going to be over. And, you know, a lot of people, you know, telling me that they're having to cut back on certain things, even though they may have their job. And you're right. I've heard more people 
tell me, especially younger people that are saving, they're now savings for a rainy day because they, they we went through some of their savings, so they know that they better set back some in case it gets worse in the future. We hope it doesn't, but it could, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, one of the things that I tell everybody before, even before this pandemic, certainly it was a part of my conversation with um, my clients is, is you have to have what I call a liberty fund. I don't like the word emergency because I think a liberty <laughs> fund might be used for, you know, good things, not just bad things. And so, you know, I, I really recommend that people have money set aside. And I think if anything, this pandemic has taught us is the importance of that and how many people were in, you know, pretty serious shape early on in the pandemic. And now we're in what, six months now, and it's not ending anytime soon. And so, you know, people are having to really rely on any money that they set aside. And now, you know, so many people are having to go into their future goals, their retirement plans or whatnot, just to be able to make ends meet today. And that's perhaps a good lesson that we can take away from this is the importance of having, you know, six months worth of living expenses saved in a Liberty Fund is, is just really important to, to have if you need it. So so the other the other dialogue is shifting letting your one of the chapters says make the shift letting your personal values and goals guide your money not the other way around so explain explain to our listeners what do you mean by that well i think it's really important to get in touch with what your own core values are like your you know those ride or die cornerstones that you live your life by and so one of the exercises that I like to take people through is the idea of thinking about what those values are. It might be family, it might be religion, it might be community, health, career, um, and really identify what those are for yourself so that when you set goals for yourself, you are aligning your goals with your values. And then ultimately, once those are aligned, you can anchor action steps to your values and goals so you're more likely to actually follow through on those action steps. Unfortunately, I see so many people that have goals that aren't really meaningful to them. They're kind of a list of a bunch of shoulds, things that people told them they should be doing, and there's no real emotional attachment to them. And so it's so easy to just get off track and and not really obtain your goals when you really haven't um, picked the ones that are really meaningful and purposeful for your life. Well, she has a great exercise in her book, which, which, first of all, was overwhelming for me at first. I will tell you that. Uh, she says, uncover your five core values. And, and first, she gives you a list of 90 that she came <laughs> up with, which was, wow. And I said, 90? So I, I, I did go through it, and um, I had too many. <laughs> well, that's not uncommon, Gary, for people to have too many. One of the things that I found is that I had, let's say, uh, two of my goals were security and independence. And what I realized is those two could be collapsed into one that, you know, I wanted to be secure, but what I really wanted was independence. And independence kind of wraps in security inside of that. So, you know, think about if you have a list of a long, if there's some that you can collapse together that may, you know, really satisfy what you're really feeling about that value. And, and ultimately, the goal is to try to get five or six core values. I mean, and, and I will tell my listeners, yes, I, after, I, after I kept reading and picking, I found her, her further notes that she says, you know, eliminate some, as she just said, the pillar that could be combined and mean the same, uh, like religion and faith. Uh, so I think you have these in a way in case somebody uh, calls it differently, right? You know, religion, faith. Exactly. Could, so and, and it, it could be AK also known as something else. So um, and so <laughs> that that helped me in eliminating some. So and and then, you know hopefully eliminate. Why did you pick five? You could have picked four. You could have picked ten. Is there any reason why you well, picked five? 
Not necessarily. I think that, you know, some people may not be able to get them down past six. I, I think the goal there is to not have 10 or 12. It's that there's usually going to be, you know, around five that really speak to you and that you can really say, okay, this, this is what represents me and how I feel about myself and my role in society and my role in the community and with my family and, um, and what really you're willing to sacrifice for. Are you willing to do things for in order to have those values be fulfilled for yourself? And so that's kind of at the the baseline is because you're going to be setting goals and taking action around it. So you want it to be something that, you know, when you're reaching those goals or you're taking action, that it's really anchored in something that means a lot to you. So then you uh, – I'm just going to guide people through this. I thought it was – her book is very didactic to, and helps you, but we're just, we're just giving a little snippet here. Uh, so once you get these particular goals in your life, your core values, then you de- determine what the money, right? And fl- their goals are aligned with your, your, your finances, right? Right. So I'll give you a great example. I, if a, you know, if I'm working with somebody and they say family is real, is one of my core values. And maybe one of their goals is to provide for their education for their children, but yet their actions aren't in alignment. They're not saving money for college. They say they want to do it. It means a lot to them. Family is a core value, but their actions are out of alignment. And so by having them go through this value and goal exercise, what it does is it kind of, you know, reminds them of what they said was important and they're more likely to actually get into action and and follow through with it, you know, consistently over time because they've recognized that that action is getting them to the goal that they said was important, which matches up with the value that they hold dear. And so that's kind of what the purpose of the exercise ultimately is. Well, it, it, some of these are critical. And uh, I know that, I hate to say this, but people as they age should even do this because I I, I, I hear people telling me I'm going to, I want to do this, but maybe I procrastinating. I mean, you have a good example here, a living will, health directives, uh, you know, just a regular will. And estate planning should be thought out. And, 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 uh, and I'm, I'm telling you, the, what I've seen in seniors and boomers are, are not thinking about this until it's really dire need, and sometimes that's too late, right? Yeah, and you know, Gary, I mean, if I had a nickel for everybody that comes in that, you know, where there hasn't been that happen and then the people that are left to pick up the pieces it it can be a little overwhelming and a lot for them to kind of digest and have to work through not only that but what happens is is that there's a lot of unfortunate family squabbles that occur when somebody in the family dies and money is involved and so you know to really keep the family unit together and to kind of take that part of it out of the relationship going forward it's important to do some of that pre-planning so that your wishes are met and that it leaves your family in a good place to be able to carry forward and have those relationships stay intact without there being money squabbles. And, and that's that's the reason why your goals are aligned. You want the family, the entire whole family, to be to be harmonious, to be 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 loving together. But if you fail to do some of these steps, it's going to cause a little turmoil, as you just mentioned. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it where. Uh, husbands and wives uh, of the um, husband, the, the the parents did not do this, and the all the seven or eight kids squabbled over at the end. I I know of one lady that did it. I mean, her husband died many years ago, and then she did not do any follow up in doing hers, and her siblings, I mean, her kids, 
it was it was total chaos, and I, I saw it happen, and I saw the, the 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 fights among the kids that were perfectly alive, and uh, they should have really prodded mom into doing something rather than. And, and, and I actually talked to her something about that. Went after her husband. And I said, "Don't you going to do some planning for you know? Oh, don't worry. All of my kids will handle the estate. I mean, they helped me with the. But I said, why don't you put it in writing so nobody after you? And she ended up passing uh, about a year later. But <laughs> I expect it. You know, she was great help. But you never know. And it caused some major issues, and that's what I want to yeah. caution my listeners out there, as as Miss Frazier is saying. You know, it's it's good, and it probably depleted the estate because of all the f- things that had to be done. Right? It's going to cause more financial uh-huh. expenses unnecessarily. Totally, and it and it hurts the relationship. You know, if you're a mom and dad, and you you think your kids will you know divide everything up equally, and it's no big deal. But when money's involved, a lot of different things come into play. And I think the last thing that most parents want is for their children to be fighting and, and to not have good relationships after they're gone because of money. And so if nothing else, when you put it in writing, it just gets everybody on the same page so that they, they can really focus on being there for each other and, and building and growing their relationships rather than having to be fighting over who's getting getting what from mom and dad. It, it, it happens way more common than most people realize, and it's, it's unfortunate, but it's part of life for sure well and i'm gonna i'm gonna put kudos on financial planners i mean like yourself they're they're they've got they've got a great service out there a lot of people are reluctant hate to say to use y'all uh i have in the past used them and they were great benefit i mean they helped me in setting up plans to help my all my three kids go to college i set up plans and my wife and i contributed to that each and every month uh, for years, and they ended up going, you know, to college with no cost and involved. So, I mean, that, that was one thing I w- I'm glad I did. And uh, a lot of people said, well, I'm going to take care of that when it happens. But if you don't plan it early, it's going to really hit you with a burden when they go to college and you get the big hefty bills, right? Yeah, you know, and so many people, I think, want to be able to try to do some of this themselves. But, you know, it's a part of my job every day to make sure that I'm giving people a lot of guidance. And there is some complexity to some of the products that are out there and the tax um, ramifications to different decisions. And, and so working with somebody who does this day in and day out as a professional can really guide you so that you're not losing money that you didn't even know you were losing or that keeps you kind of out of trouble with the IRS. And so I, I love what we do. I think we um, I spend a lot of time really coaching my um, my clients so that they can really understand what's happening and feel good about the decisions that they're making. So it's a very collaborative process. Well, you know, that's the importance. It's like getting a second opinion. Um, I mean, I hate to say this, a, a lot of the the younger generation now, I used to say myself, uh, you know, they Google everything. They, they oh, Dad, I can find out about this so I can know how to about uh about all this kind of plans, but you know, sometimes you need a one-on-one conversation with uh, with an expert or somebody that's knowledgeable, been there, done that. Right? The internet doesn't give you yeah. a lot of that. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much information out there; it's hard to know what's really applicable to your situation. And one of the things that I've seen lately is we have a lot of um, influencers out there that are talking about money that don't have the credentials or the licensing to really give that kind of advice. And I, I work, I have two or three people I meet with a week that have followed advice of somebody online. And 
have gotten themselves into a situation where we're having to unravel things and kind of get them out. And it's not uncommon for it to be costing them money to kind of unravel those things. And so um, it certainly is important to talk to somebody that's got the credibility to be able to answer the questions in the right way. Yeah, and uh, and I tell people be cautious about that. Make sure they're certified. I mean, there's scammers. I hate to say that there's scammers in all professions out there, and some of them know. You know, uh, myself, I get calls all the time and get emails all the time from people trying to, to uh, say, "I've got this great investment for you," or "I got this great property for you," and uh, I mean, some uh, most of the times I hang up, but sometimes I do listen to their their spills. And uh, but it's real interesting how they're they're going about it and. and uh, and uh, I mean, the I can't remember the agency down in that's been on my show a few times. There, there are some really sharp uh, scamming companies out there that are supposed to be quasi legit, but end up being f- so fraudulent that uh, seniors and boomers lose lose their livelihood and all they're invested for years and years. I mean, and, and it's hard to get recoup from the, some of those individual uh, individuals that that. that Pulled, pulled them very gullible presentations, I would say. Well, I, yeah, I can't speak to those things individually, but I can tell you that it's a, it's a crazy world we're living in these days, Gary, for sure. <laughs> uh, so uh, you're, you're one of the chai, so we talked about this, under the influence, money, beliefs, and habits you don't even realize you picked up in your childhood. So... I mean, I love it. I love, this this is definitely what we talked about initially. What did your parents uh, were they silent about the subject? Uh, did you, did they speak about money? Uh, I mean, uh, I will go to mine. My parents were again. We had a, a great livelihood and et cetera. But, but my dad liked to contribute to lots of uh, worthwhile organizations and both money and time and effort. And he said, "I want you when you grow up to do the same thing," which I I have been doing. And uh, I feel like that that was influenced from my mother and father of of helping others and and doing for their for your church and for your community and for others in great need and and I, I think uh, when when I hear people don't do that I sometimes they say well my parents didn't never trust that particular uh, group or agency or whatever so you know it's 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 that sad um, mentality or when you've been grown up right. Yeah, and so much has changed. You know, if you think about all the things that have changed just even in the last 20, 30 years, it is a different time. But there is some good things that we can probably pick up from our parents in addition to all the all the bad things we may have to work through. There's probably some good things that we can go back and the simplicity of all of the way things were back then. I think there's a lot we can learn from that as well. Well, and you know, that's, that's what I want to say. That, that this Your particular chapter on this, you know, helps you think about some of that uh, – some of that uh, aspects. I mean, and and you also made us think about the go crazy purchase items in our life. You know, and I I think the little chapter about that is you know when you make the expenditure, make sure it's it, it's needed. I mean, think about it for a second, right? Yeah, and you know, I think it's about balance. Um, not. You know, I see some people that save, 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 and they never live life. They never really enjoy today. They're saving, saving, saving for the future, and we don't know what the future holds. And so I think it's about striking that nice balance of, you know, living and enjoying life today, but also making sure that you've got um, the financial resources to take care of yourself and your loved ones when you get older. And so finding that nice, right balance is really part of that process and to be thinking about for yourself. 
And the other aspect is I hear individuals tell me, you know, Gary, why do you and your wife love to, to travel a lot? And I said, well, we're at that age we can get around and don't have to be, you know, ADA, et cetera. You know, we're, uh, we can walk, we can talk, we can move around. But, you know, I was, I'm, I'm concerned that once I get aged that I may not be able to do those uh, uh, great walks in the uh, in, in Europe or in Asia and et cetera, that, uh, as, as well as I can now. And I really don't want to be a burden on anyone. I know, you know, Beverly said, well, you can be wheelchair bound, you can be walker bound, but I mean, I, I don't think I'll enjoy myself. I see other people doing that. They, they may be enjoying it, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'd rather be relaxing, maybe fishing and doing something that's not going to be as taxing as, as sometimes traveling, but you know, we're going to do it now. Uh, and, and not, you know, to the nth degree, but I think other people are thinking about that as well. Maybe not with this COVID-19 situation. Hopefully in the near future, we've canceled all our trips for the 2020, but hopefully in 2021, we'll pick up some of those as well. So hope Well, that, you know what they say? Yeah, go ahead. Gary, they call the years you're in the go-go years, so you should definitely take advantage of them. I like that term. I never heard that term. <laughs> I always want to be a go-go dancer. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebers Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, probably presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebears Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge Chrysler Ram and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today's special guest is Miss Ande Frazier, who is an author, consultant, and she's been discussing her book called Financially Free, 11 Conversations to Have with Yourself about Life, Money, and Worth. So thank you for joining us today on The Best of Times Radio Hour. Oh, it's, this has been a great, fun uh, session, Gary. Thank you for having me. Well, again, I want to compliment you about your, your book. I've, again, read it twice. I'm, I'm going to probably read it more times and use it as a reference book. And uh, I'm going to highly recommend it, as I'm recommending it today all of, to all of our radio listeners out there uh, throughout the world. And it's called, again, Financially Free, 11 Conversations to Have with Yourself about Life, Money, and Worth. And you can go to our website at www.andefraser.com. Com. Or you, of course, you can go on to Amazon to pick up this book, as well as you can visit the bestoftimesnews.com website where I have it posted there, and you can download it. It indirectly goes to uh, Mr. Amazon, and you can get get the book for you, or you probably a good gift to give to to uh, to your kids or grandkids uh, to learn a little bit. And it, it brings up a lot of good points, and it's and I like your worksheets, and I like your your the ways you uh, put things. I don't know what's called uh, gray gray back. Uh, you have certain things, you know. How well am I protected? I mean, I, I uh, people need to think about that, even at all ages, but definitely in their fifties and above, right? Certainly, and you know, one of the things that's happened with COVID is I'm finding that you know this conversation is now something that even younger people are having in their thirties and forties about. And thinking they have time and you just don't know with COVID. And so it's kind of brought this to light amongst even agents that weren't already thinking about it. Well, you know, life insurance uh, is, is definitely needed. But those advanced directives, I have had more individuals that are, are telling me that uh, 
why do I need that, Gary? Why do I need that living will, that health care power of attorney? And, and I'm not the expert here, but I, I tell them I have one. And the reason I have one, if I can't make medical decisions and I want it to be done, and, and I've already explained some of my wishes to my kids and my wife that they know. So they don't have to make a big decision-making here about flip a coin or make a unanimous vote by all the family members, right? Yeah, and, you know, it, it's so important, too, to just have that outline so that not only your family knows, but the medical professionals that are helping you know what you want to have and, and what measures you may or may not want to have to extend your life. And so having those advanced directives and that healthcare proxy is actually a person who's going to be carrying out the wishes of your living will. So it's important to even think about who that person might be and would they be able to have the fortitude to be able to follow through with what you've stated in your living will. So it does take some um, time to think about it, but it's so important to have because you just never know. And this just gives everybody a lot more peace of mind when you take the time to do the proper document. It's the peace of mind. That's what, you know, Ms. Frazier, I think that a lot of individuals out there need to think it. What happens if they say, well, my mother, I'll take care of her. But, you know, even though your mother might have four other kids and I'll take care of her but you got to have that that mother needs to direct who's going to be the person that's going to in case she gets a stroke and she can't she can't talk she can't give instructions who's going to make the decisions and uh, as you know if it's like seven kids they're going to and there's nothing they're going to have to have the vote within the seven kids right yeah and and when it comes to money it's important to even consider maybe having a, a durable power of attorney with your financial matters because you're sick and you can't make decisions for yourself while you may have a living will or may have um, some of the advanced directive documents or a healthcare proxy, they may not be able to make the financial decisions and if bills need to be paid and the mortgage needs to be paid and those things need to be taken care of, you also might want to consider having somebody classified uh, with a durable power of attorney to be able to get access to the money to be able to keep those things paid. Well, let's talk about the other aspects. I, I I know of even people my age, younger and older, are dealing with the the computers and their iPhones and their Android devices and all that. And they have all these passwords and they have all these programs and they have all these documents. And uh, I mean, I have so many accounts and et cetera that it I, I luckily have it all listed out and updated all my passwords and information and what it tells you. So and I've, I've given it to all of my kids in case something happens to me and my wife has it that, you know, they can access it real quickly and they keep it safeguard, hopefully, uh, that, you know, if you don't have that, you won't be able to get in the system and know, you know, how it automatically pays whatever account I have for the electric company, the Netflix and all those people. So, uh, Right. That's critical these days because people think, oh, when mom dies, I'll just dial in up Netflix and figure out what her account is. Well, that's going to be an easy task. Netflix is not going to be able to give it to you, right? Right. And I'm so glad you brought that up because these digital assets are just as important as the actual financial or legal documents that you may have. And so I think it's um, one of the things that I do in my practice is I also do a lot of retirement coaching where I'm coaching people through the retirement transition. And one of the things I've been doing a lot of is family, family summit meetings where we're outlining, we're gathering the documents, we're gathering those digital assets, the websites, the usernames, the passwords, we're creating that um, collateral and a binder so that each of those children are, or somebody of importance has it. Yeah, so that's one thing that people uh, many years ago, uh, Ms. Frazier used to criticize me. I was called the notebook king. You know, mm-hmm. you'd call me a go-go person, but 
for many years, I don't know, since my college days, I put everything in notebooks. I had, I've, I've, if you go to my house now, I must have 500 notebooks. And they're all on different topics and they're updated. It's like a filing cabinet, but it's more easily readable, uh, gainable. They're critical items. And, uh, and I tell people to do the same thing for their, their, their major important documents and, uh, home warranties and you name it. We can make it simpler in case anything happens to you. My, my wife loves it. She says he is super organized. He's ADD about that. But I do. I update it. Uh, all the policies are in one place. All the any other documents are in some place. I mean, some of them are secured and in a safe, but most of them are not. You know, big deal. Who cares about who cares about the uh, the manual that fixes the the garage door opener? But I have it in there in case it needs to be, and when it was bought, and et cetera, and with the warranty on it. So you know, it's critical to have that as well. Yeah, and you know, even if you are, I'm I'm very uh, tech savvy, I guess, and have a lot of things online. But I've even gotten into where I have some cloud storage where I have some important information, and I just share that file with um, my husband and my parents um, so that they have access to it. So there's even ways to do it digitally if you don't want to print it out. But I think having a good hard copy and doing it the old-fashioned way just, you know, it just gives everybody a lot of security. Yeah. Well, mine's digital, digitally as well, but I, I, I have printed it in case the backup, in case they can't access, but I do have it available and, and the, the, the special super-duper password to get into that. So, again, mm-hmm. thank you, Ms. Frazier, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. Best, best wishes to you. And, uh, again, best wishes for continued success. And your book is fantastic, as I mentioned. It's uh, Financially Free, 11 Conversations to Have with Yourself About Life, Money, and Worth. Again, uh, thank you for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour. So thank you, listeners, for joining us today. Hope you join us next Saturday for another show of interesting and benefit to you and your loved ones. Please learn more about our magazine, our radio show, and events by visiting our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 9 a.m. for more Best of Times. This is 1017 FM and 710 Kiel.